milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, so we're going to be covering a lot of different uh, topics that are going to be involving climate and and globalism. Um, but we're going to first um, tackle one of the issues, which is uh, Hunter Biden and some of the things that we're learning over the last couple of days with respect to the uh, evidence that's coming out that and there's some testimony from the whistleblowers that are revealing more and more information that you know paints a clearer portrait of what the Biden crime family was actually doing so we're going to tackle that I wanted to read this uh, little quote it says DC Drano uh, wrote this up and he says awake Our government is corrupt. Really awake, Marxists have infiltrated our government and are trying to turn America into a totalitarian state. I think that's about where we are. And really, really awake, evil Satanists who hate America and its people, I think of none other than Barack Obama, uh, want to destroy God's greatest gifts, children, families, and love. With that, uh, we're going to also have a quick announcement from Mel Gibson, who is going to be promoting this new child trafficking movie. And it's a quick clip that we're going to play today as well, so stay tuned for that. Um, reporter asked Joe Biden yesterday, how involved were you in your son's Chinese shakedown text message that if the chairman you know doesn't get back to me you know we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be very furious and i'm going to hold a grudge and and you're gonna regret that you ever didn't pay me the money i mean one of we heard that before right uh when uh Biden went over to uh, ukraine and talked with Poroshenko, the predecessor to zelensky and said, if you don't fire Victor Shokin, 
the prosecutor looking into Burisma and my son and all the uh, business that we have going on there, you're not going to get the billion dollars. So naturally, of course, Biden got that gig for that reason, so that he could hold a billion dollars over the head of Ukraine and get away with murder in the process. Could you imagine if you had a billion dollars over a town's mayor or whatever? And next thing you know, you just start running roughshod all over. You you rape women, you do drugs, you speed in your car, you buy all kinds of fancy things, you're, you're, you're dealing drugs. And when the cops come to get you, you say, well, I have a billion dollars that's going to be great for this town. But so you can't touch me. You touch me, you don't get the billion dollars. I mean, that's in essence what's happening. But he's using your money to create leverage for his own personal gain. I mean, that's what it is, right? That's what any classic kickback is. Say I'm a buyer for some big corporation and I have to buy, you know, $5 million worth of paper or product or office equipment, $5 million contract. You know, I'm going to maybe, uh, if I'm a, a criminal, if I'm a crooked dude, I'm going to say to the salesperson, hey, you're not going to get this deal. We're going to go with the other guy who's offering me something in return to say yes. So I'm spending my corporation's money. It's a $5 million contract. I'm buying office equipment, furniture, whatever it is. And somehow I want also a living room set or a flat screen TV to boot. And I can get that that simple way, right? Someone's going to buy that for me out of their own commission and they're going to like it because they're going to profit from that deal. A deal I could never do on my own, but I can do it with the help of the corporation's money. So I've just become more powerful, more leveraged, And that's the art of kickback, but in the government, it happens each and every day. And it's pretty sad. But this answer to this question is kind of an important answer to the question because now they got Biden in a lie because he probably was sitting there and that there's a GPS device that, you know, there's a GPS device on his phone that he would be required to turn over except for the fact that he's a Democrat. So he'll end up just taking a hammer like or a bleach bit to the phone just like Hillary Clinton did and get away with it, right? So he's going to say no to this question. But already now, if they find proof of his location related to a phone that more than likely was not in his, his name, because more than likely it was in Hunter Biden's name, because it turns out that Joe Biden, the criminal, had a burner phone. He had a burner phone. So he can answer this question, but this that's why this question is kind of important. And uh, we're going to go ahead and um, play it right on the right track, though. Here it is. How involved were you in your son's Chinese shakedown text message? Were you sitting there? Were you involved? No, I wasn't. Were you? No. 
So he says no to that. I hope that I hope that they can get him. I hope that they can get the answer to that. Um, that would be pretty nice. Um, so we have a a clip that uh, is going to illustrate the uh, burner phone aspect of things. Let's take a listen to this. Let's see if I could just get. No, I don't have it handy. I got a bunch of these tabs up right now. And uh, unfortunately, but uh, I'm going to get it. Sorry about that. Uh, The clip I wanted to play was uh, a clip about his burner phones. Pretty, uh, pretty amazing, actually, that the president of the United States would have his own burner phone, right? So let's see if I can get that. Um, In the meantime... Right here. Nope. Sorry, folks. There's a lot of different audio clips over here. This one. Joe Biden was apparently using a burner phone while he was vice president to do all his business deals, I guess, with China. That's right. Like a low-level street drug dealer, he had a burner phone. Bought and paid for, of course, by Hunter Biden. I mean, it's interesting. What is the line of communications between Hunter Biden and his business partners and Joe Biden when he's vice president of the United States? It's not the government phone. It's not Joe Biden's personal phone. We know from the laptop that Hunter Biden's business paid for a private phone line that Joe Biden used while he was vice president. It was from AT&T. It was $300 a month. It was a global phone where you could access somebody anywhere around the world. Uh, We shared that phone number and that account information with people at the House Oversight Committee. My hope is that, that they haven't already. They will subpoena those records because I think it will give an indication on how tight the communication was. Uh, And that may be the phone for example, that the Ukrainian, the Burisma executive might have used uh, in this allegation uh, that he talked to Joe Biden in recorded conversations. So these congressional committees investigating Joe Biden need to get their hands on that phone, at least the phone records. It could tell the whole story. And I would suspect that he still got the phone. And if he still has the phone, who's he been calling while he's present? Yeah, I mean, that's... That's a that's a million dollar question. I I don't think we're ever going to see the light of day on that phone. That's the only problem. A couple of other things before we get a little deeper into the Hunter Biden thing. Remember I told you I got back from France and the cultural differences. There's a a video that just came up uh yesterday. And again, it just I think more and more people are getting on, c- catching on to what I've been talking about, and that is the cultural differences. This whole thing about the trans flag and the gay flag and the Black Lives Matter flag, and, you know, it's all about pedophilia, and it's all about a lot of different things. But um, we're not going to take calls right this moment, uh, unfortunately, but we can maybe later in the day, later in the show. So sorry about that. Um, so in any case, there's this video of a fire hose 
blowing back against somebody who's waving a rainbow flag in the middle of the street, and it's obviously in Europe. And, you know, that to, to Leonora's point, when she was talking about this university where they were having this trans conference, and again, they protested against it. Here in America, we uh, Americans are protesting for it because it's this media frenzy. Despite the fact that Jesse Waters made clear that the trans population is less than 1%, that the gay population is around 3%, actually, that the black population is 12 to 13%, and yet, you know, everybody's interracial, everybody's gay, everybody's trans, everybody's this, everybody's that when you turn on Netflix. You know, like uh, Biden said, you can't turn on the uh, commercials without seeing some internet racial couple that's gay and the guy looks stupid and the woman is smart and, you know, all kinds of weird, you know, manufactured stuff. It's just not a reflection of normal reality. In reality, everybody is pretty smart and everybody is pretty civil and everybody is pretty good and everybody is fierce competitors and everybody can hold their own and everybody can get a voter ID and everybody can go down to the store and, you know, and show ID. So this whole thing where it's perpetuating that minorities can't get a voter ID and, you know, it's, it's all around us. It permeates all around us. And, you know, we're seeing this, uh, these repercussions from the fire up in Ottawa, right? The skies are turning orange and people are testing the air quality and somehow that is reflecting like weird numbers, not typical of just a forest fire. And then you look at the leader of Canada and you've got, you know, Justin Trudeau, a complete and total shill for the World Economic Forum and globalism. And there's no telling what he would do because the World Economic Forum has made clear that they want to depopulate the world. So there's that problem, right? And uh, so you got to be concerned that the people running the show are these globalists that want depopulation and they're in charge of vaccine mandates and they're in charge of a lot of different projects, you know, where COVID was maybe a bioweapon that left Wuhan and it was financed by Dr. Fauci. Um, what we have is we also have chemical weapons, don't we? So there are chemical weapons and maybe they're putting these chemtrails and chemical weapons into place for sinister reasons. You, you can never be too sure. One would think that uh, the environment would be a lot better, considering the fact that we know that climate is a hoax perpetuated to push push uh, for um, control of people, 15-minute cities, and to corral people into, into cities and get them out of rural America. They're attacking uh, fertilizer because of the, they, they claim it the nitrates and the ammonia. Um, it's all bunkus, and we have clips to, to disprove a lot of that stuff. Hopefully, we're going to be able to get to it all today. If not, then we're going to have to extend it over till to tomorrow. But um, one of the biggest globalists of all time used to lead the Republican Party. So to give you an idea of where we were pre-Trump and where we are now after Trump, talk about being woke. 
I would say that most conservatives now are more woke than ever, but it's not the woke that embraces trans or gay or 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 any of that stuff. It's the woke. It's not the woke that embraces equity. It's the it's the woke that embraces equality. It's a it's the woke that it, that understands that we have two-tier justice system. We have an IRS that's been weaponized. We have a Department of Education that wants to indoctrinate our children. We have uh, cabinet members lying to us about border security. And we have a whole global agenda that's knee-deep and mired in corruption in Ukraine. And we're supposed to just swallow that pill and accept the fact that we're somehow saving Ukraine. That is just a bunch of bumpkiss. And the biggest chief uh, globalist among us is none other than Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan, a Republican Speaker of the House that represented the Republican Party pre-Trump and was there when Trump got in. So when Trump had control of the House and the Senate, he still was fighting against the worst enemies you could ever fight. Enemies that had the entire help and apparatus of the mainstream media backing them and the Democrat Party because the Democrats were in love with Paul Ryan because he was a shill for the left as well as the so-called conservative movement, the Bush-type conservative. The Bush dynasty and the Clinton dynasty were all in bed together. Let's take a listen to what Paul Ryan had to say. About Trump and who the president, who the Republicans should run. Yeah, so I, I don't have that job anymore. So I'm very clear with, look, it's a disaster if we nominate Trump. You know, I think that I've been saying this for a long time. But Liz is right, which is he could win. I think we lose with him. I think we're much more likely to lose. We haven't won anything with him since he first won in 16. We lost the House in 18, the presidency in 20. The, the Senate in 20, and we could have won the Senate in 2022, but for him. Are you going to endorse Is Rupert going to tell you who to endorse? <laughs> no, I'm going to endorse whoever I want, but right <laughs> you're now... On the, you're on the board of Fox. That's I, why I said it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It, it's a joke. I'm for anybody not named Trump right now. Anybody, anybody not named Trump? Anybody not named Trump? RFK? Anybody not named Kennedy? A Republican not named Trump. <laughs> okay. I'm for any Republican not named Trump, because I think we beat Biden for sure if we nominate a Republican not named the, Trump. Any idea who you think... Could get the, I mean, I everybody's down by 40 Look, points. <clears throat> we're going to find out. Look, Donald Trump and Joe Biden have a symbiotic relationship with each other. They make the best case for each other's candidacies. And it's a total disaster for our country. In a country of 350 million people, you think that's the best. It's somebody do, else. Do you think you win if you nominate somebody not named Trump? I do. Because you make everybody who was supporting Trump very mad. Yeah, so, like, I'm an ever again Trumper, so obviously that the 33% Trump base doesn't like a person like me because I'm very clear. I don't think he's fit and I don't think he can win. Uh, Liz is right, he could, and that's dangerous. I mean, get, you think he could even populate a cabinet? He could get through the Senate? I mean, I, it could be a total disaster. But I believe strongly, if we nominate a Republican, nominate Donald Trump, we win this White House. I, I really believe that. And so all we got to do is do that. And I think voters are going to realize his baggage is so big, we're not going to win with him, and there are all these other Republicans that, they, that they're fine with that could win. So I think there's plenty of Republicans that can traffic with MAGA, and win the suburban vote well, we'll in the White House. Did, did you did you watch Succession? Have you seen it? I did watch Succession. So that guy was picking president. So it wasn't crazy it for me. Like wasn't that. crazy that's, for that's me reality. to ask you that. That's, wasn't that's crazy for me to ask you that. That's not real. Thank you, Paul. You bet. The guy is practically. Uh, this is Fox Business or Squawk Box. Uh, I guess it was CNBC. 
Yeah, CNBC. The guy, um, you know, is treating Paul Ryan like one of his own, right? Paul Ryan, just a, such a scumbag, um, total scumbag. Uh, I had a friend who was in the um, the Freedom Tower up in New York and sends me a picture and she's from another country, and uh, she's uber liberal from, like, you know, the Ivy Leagues. And she sends me a picture, and she's a foreigner, and she didn't really know who this— well, she doesn't know who any of the conservatives are anyway. And she sent me a picture trying to be, like, bipartisan. And it's like, oh, one of the speakers was uh, this guy. And um, do you recognize him? And I said, yeah, that's uh, Paul Ryan. And, of course, he was speaking for Tenio, which is a globalist um, PR firm to spin globalist the globalist agenda. And he's one of their chief spokespeople. Such a scumbag. So, anyway, uh, Paul Ryan says it's dangerous if Trump is elected and says he will vote for any Republican besides Trump. I'm a never-again Trumper is what he said. Uniparty says what? You know, call uh, Colin Rugg uh, reported that. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. All right, you can't make this up. Malaria cases in U.S. blamed on climate change. Hmm. So they're blaming uh, this on climate change. Let's take a listen. We sees about 2,000 cases of malaria each year, but for the past 20 years, those patients were infected outside the country. So what can you tell us about these new cases? There's a big difference here. Well, I'm glad not to be talking to you about COVID today. So what's going on here is that there have been four patients in Florida and one in Texas diagnosed. Florida and Texas, right? And she's going to blame climate change and the warming, uh, the, the so-called warming, which is not happening, by the way. Um, that's, that's being debunked as we speak. And here's the thing about that is this happened ever since Bill Gates started messing around with mosquitoes. So Bill Gates gets involved and we have a pandemic. He gets involved with vaccines. We get, we have a pandemic. He gets involved with mosquitoes, distributing vaccines, and we end up having malaria. Give me a break. And so back to this whole um, thing about uh, the, the um, gas that's in the air. There's a lot of people that are growing concerned about it. Let's take a listen to this guy. Good afternoon. This is Nick reporting live from Muskoka. As you can see behind In me, the air is filled with smoke. But if you take a nice little whiff of that, it does smell like a little bit like plastic. Um, anywhere else in Ontario, take a whiff outside. What's it smell like? Does it smell like a forest fire? I don't think so. What's going on? What are they spraying in our forests? And why does it smell like burning chemicals? So they spray the forest, they set it on fire, and they pollute the people. So there's this guy that's walking with a meter, and indoors, he's safe. The meter shows a good number. And then when he walks outdoors, it just gets worse and worse. So that was my readings inside my house. Going outside now. This is in Michigan. Where companies are going and then it gets worse is what he says, right? Now, the thing about it is companies are going bankrupt in uh, Lordstown 
and in other automobile plants. Ford, for example, is struggling. Um, Lordstown shut down and declared bankruptcy because of Biden's green push. And that's because the Biden crime family is invested in electric vehicles. So you have the uh, air quality. They have a heat map of the kind of things is we are being poisoned. This isn't from wildfire smoke, literally poison. And they're doing all kinds of air tests on their own because the city and the governments and the state are not giving them the information. Air quality alert in Detroit. Air quality alert extended in Michigan because of Canadian wildfire haze. When conditions, when conditions may improve. Okay, so they're just basically, this has been going on for a long time. And this is not because of the global warming that this is happening. It's because of negligence or purposeful poisoning. And that's all there is to it. There's been many, 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 many days and decades where we've seen warmer temperatures. And yet, still, you know. So let's take a listen to some of the Biden crime family stuff right now. So this is uh, the whistleblower breaking. Whistleblower Gary Shapley says the total money tracked that Hunter Biden received from foreign business deals comes to $8.3 million between 2014 and 2019. The problem is the statute of limitations was allowed to lapse in December, November, December of 2022. So they've, they're free and clear. And as far as following the money, did you get that far down the investigative track? Concerning Hunter Biden, I feel like we have a very good grasp on, on the income flows. Yes. And is it millions? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was around $8.3 million in from 2014 to 2019. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And as far as the president's involvement in that? So that's kind of the crux of, of one of the issues here is that we weren't allowed to ask questions about dad. We weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. We weren't allowed to in, include uh, uh, certain names and document requests and search warrants. So. Um, you know, we were precluded from following that line of questioning. Are you convinced, looking back at this now, that this was an effort to protect President Biden and his family? Uh, I mean, we were conducting an investigation of Hunter Biden, and we were trying to follow the normal process. We were trying to get to the bottom of it. And ultimately, you know, if it was going to lead to another individual, you know, we should follow that. To, uh, to determine what is actually happening. Um, but, you know, there were definitely hindrances that I've never seen before in my 14 years concerning this investigation that didn't allow us to follow through on investigation of, uh, of, of, of any other individual to include President Biden. Tracking the money. How did it go? Where do you think it is? The money that Hunter Biden earned. Well, where he spent it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, is is spent. But as far as the investigation goes, that was part of it, tracking where it came from, where it went to. Oh, absolutely. And yes. you had that down. We feel like we did, but there were certain things that you know, when when prosecutors don't allow you to put the subject's name on document requests, or on or on search warrants, then 
you know, it raises the possibility that there's more information out there we didn't find, but, um, but based on all of the financial records that we did find, you know, they've been, they've been analyzed. And it was around $8.3 million he received. From who? They came from, from China, from CEFC, came from Ukraine, and from Romania. And, um, you know, even, even the Burisma money, and, and, and it's kind of an aspect that we didn't get into, but um, the 2014 and 2015 tax years when the Burisma money was coming in, I mean, to this day, um, um, there's still around $400,000 of unreported income from Burisma in 2014. Hunter Biden was told by his partner, Eric Schwerin, that he needed to amend his returns, and he never did. So D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office declining those charges, David Weiss requesting special counsel authority and being denied, and then the statute of limitations then expires in November or December of 2022. So those years are gone, and there's no way to recoup the, 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 the money from that Burisma income. Wow. So they played the system. They knew exactly what their statute of limitations was. And, um, you know, I want to thank uh, E.B. from the Chicago area, uh, who sent photos in from the Chicago area. Uh, and uh, very, very smoky up there, uh, hazy. Uh, so what's going on? What are we breathing into our lungs? And we see this Hunter Biden cover up the two standards of justice in place. You know, if there's anything that equity has taught us, it's how important equality is. I believe that. I, I think that the founding fathers knew exactly what they were talking about when they talked about the pursuit of happiness, life, liberty, and freedom, justice, equal justice under the law, and equality. Everybody is created equal. But the Democrats, the Satanists that they are, don't believe in that. And that's pretty sad. So there is uh, Peter Schweitzer. He has some information that is worth listening to. This is through Charlie Kirk. Piece of tape, and I want you to tell us, based on what Chuck Grassley is saying, who's very credible, how much of this did we not know, for example, a year and a half ago? Play cut 29. The foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. Seventeen such recordings. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. The foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between him and then Vice President Joe Biden. These recordings were allegedly kept as a sort of insurance policy for the foreign national in case that he got into a tight spot. So I'm guessing the recordings is new information. Is that right? Yeah, you're right, Charlie. Um, and let's remember what Joe Biden has insisted from the beginning is he had absolutely no contact with Burisma, this Ukrainian energy company that was paying his son. That was totally his son's deal. 
This seems to directly contradict it, uh, that he was in fact talking with Burisma executives. There's another interesting wrinkle here, Charlie. If you look at the laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop, you will notice that Hunter Biden is paying for a cell phone for his father to use while he's vice president of the United States. It's an AT&T bill. You see it in the laptop. Um, that was a number that was being paid for by Hunter Biden's firm. So it was a back channel means of communication with Joe Biden. Here's the interesting thing. The oversight committee is apparently going to subpoena those phone records. If they do so, we gave the committee the phone number. We know the phone number that was Joe Biden's back channel number when he was vice president. If they subpoena those records, we should know pretty quickly who he was talking to and when he was talking to them. And if we, in fact, see numbers from Zlochevsky or Burisma, that is direct confirmation that that, com that that conversation or those conversations actually took place. I just want to reiterate something that you mentioned that in just – Peter, you, you have this all mapped out. If I'm not mistaken, the Oversight Committee is relying on a lot of the research that you've done – because they could be going into a labyrinth of trap doors and stuff. Is that correct? I mean, at least from what you can share, it seems as if you've done 90% of this research. Now it's just up for them to approve subpoenas and do the stuff that you can't do as an outside researcher. Yeah, I mean, Charlie, we have the, the, the outlines of the story. We knew about the money flows. We knew about the deals. What the committee can do, as you point out, is issue subpoenas so they can actually get phone records. So, for example, the committee has talked about about $10 million that they've accounted to going to the Bidens from these foreign entities, primarily China. Well, that's only based on subpoenas of four of 12 banks. They still have not received subpoenas from those other eight banks. They still haven't received the financial records. So those numbers are going to go up. But yes, the committee is using our work as a roadmap, but they have the ability to force people like Hunter Biden's business partners, for example. They can subpoena them, force them to share information and cooperate, which I think some of them are doing. So it's very exciting for us. It's confirmation of what we believe what was going on, what we charted what was going on. But the committee can really get, you know, pop the hood and get them uh, take a look at the engine in a way that we never could so it's it's really exciting to watch so peter this five million dollar payment is that separate than the eighty three thousand dollars a month from barisma it, it apparently is um we know that he got eighty three thousand dollars a month hunter biden because we saw the morgan stanley financial records that totals about a million dollars a year that's been known this five million is allegedly an additional amount on top of that uh, so we know that the $83,000 a month went to the Morgan Stanley account. The $5 million doesn't show up there. But again, the Biden family is using a multitude of banks, and it will be very, very interesting to see, um, you know, where that money shows up. There is also the possibility, Charlie, there are hints in the laptop about uh, a possible offshore accounts. So they may have been using financial institutions beyond the 12 that we know of. Uh, and it may be very hard to actually trace this money. So if you were to guesstimate based on everything that we have learned, let's say from the moment that Joe Biden became vice president, let's not even go before that, from 2009, January of 2009 to today, over 14 years, how much foreign money has the Biden family received? Uh, we know uh, that it's about $31 million from China. Uh, we know that there is at least uh, another five to seven million from the Ukraine. 
We know that there was three and a half million from Russia. That's Yelena Baterina. Uh, and then we know that there were various other deals uh, that they were working on. But those are the ones we know of. I think the numbers are actually higher uh, because those are the ones that you actually see on the laptop the money gets transferred. Here's my bank account. Email comes back and says, we wired the money. Uh, and then in the suspicious activity reports, these banking records that yep. they've talked about on the committee confirm that money was sent. So we're talking about, I would say, upwards of $50 million. And, you know, let's remember again, Charlie, the Bidens don't have a business. You know, people will sometimes say to me, well, what about Jared Kushner? He's done deals in the Middle East. You can raise questions about that. That's fine. But let's be clear. The Kushners actually have a business. They have these things called buildings. They're in real estate. You can argue the judgment of whether they should be doing deals with whoever. But those are legitimate businesses that la that existed long before Donald Trump ran for office. The Bidens are different. This foreign business entity that they were collecting cash from started six months after Joe Biden became vice president of the United States. And all of the money, Charlie, comes from specific countries that Vice President Joe Biden was given responsibility for by Barack Obama. And they had no product and no services to sell. This is ultimately about access. Uh, and I would argue that it's all highly illegal. Wow. Okay, and I was going to mention the uh, mayor, but he mentioned that. So it's, uh, you know, here's the thing. They're probably going to have enough information to impeach Biden, and then the, we'll see what the Senate does. These people need to get on uh, on board with a vote. Uh, they're more than likely going to impeach Merrick Garland. But then what are you going to get? You're going to get Kamala Harris. And everybody that I, well, actually, it's my own idea, but I've heard it confirmed now by many, many people uh, who seem to agree with this concept, which is that uh, Tucker Carlson um, basically said this uh, the other day, and I had been saying it actually for quite some time, that I think that uh, Kamala Harris will, uh, you know, be the first black uh, female president of the United States. And she'll get there with 1% likability, <laughs> you know, because that's all she ever mustered up from the left, from the Democrats. She gets about a 1% likability rate. And she can't campaign. So obviously what's going to happen, to me, I think my money is, she then selects a vice president in Gavin Newsom, and Gavin Newsom then becomes, you know, pretty much the heir apparent to the Democrat Party and runs against the Republican candidate. Hopefully that's Trump. And at some point, you know, he's an uber globalist himself, and he's a shill for the left and a shill for the socialists and the Marxists. And he's just a terrible human being. And a lot of people seem to think that he has too much baggage that he couldn't win. But he's a very good looking, colorful guy that can really talk a lot of BS. And who knows what, what would happen there. But uh, 
That's who they're going to put there. That's the horse that the Democrats want to ride on. That's what I'm hearing. That's uh, I'm hearing confirmation to to that concept, a concept I think I can call my own, but yet it's been corroborated and confirmed uh, by the likes of even a Tucker Carlson. Charlie Kirk writes this, $10 million, the amount of bribe money received by Joe and Hunter Biden from Burisma. $8.3 million, the amount of money Hunter Biden received from overseas deals between 2014 and 2019, as identified by IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley. $3.5 million money uh, from the wife of the former mayor of Moscow, Lena Baterina. Baterina. $2.2 million, the amount of money Hunter Biden failed to pay in taxes, $225,000, the price of one of Hunter Biden's finger paintings. Um, 20, the number of companies created by Biden family members and business associates to conceal large overseas payments. Most were LLCs formed after Joe Biden became vice president. 17 is the number of recordings between Joe and Hunter Biden and a foreign national documenting alleged bribes. Now, that is going to be a big deal, that that number there, 17. Nine, the number of Biden family members who received incremental payments of at least $10 million from foreign associates per house oversight based on subpoenas of four of 12 banks so likely much more. That's the number of family members that are implicated. I think it's going to be up to upwards of 12. Zero days. Zero is the number of days Hunter or Joe Biden have spent in prison. Joe Biden, with the help of bagman Hunter, sold out America, America's foreign policy decisions in Ukraine, China, and Romania to the highest bidder. Joe Biden should be impeached. Of course he should. Yeah, that's a big deal. So here's another little angle. The, who is Zelensky? Are Zelensky and Hunter Biden bankrolled by the same guy, Kolomoisky? Kolomoisky, one of the richest men in Ukraine, is the majority shareholder of One Plus One Media Group, who produced Zelensky's Servant of the People, uh, basically a show in Ukraine. Kolomoisky also had a controlling interest in Burisma Holdings, which employed Hunter Biden as a board member for a wide, re- widely reported salary of 50000 a month is what this guy says. I think it's 83000 a month. He was also the owner of one of Ukraine's largest financial institutions, Privy Bank, Privet Bank, which is the Obama administration's allegedly funneled which the Obama administration allegedly funneled 1.8 billion taxpayer dollars into in order to fund the Ukrainian revolution against Russia in 2014. Privet Bank also was mentioned in one of the hot clips that Joe Biden had with um, Poroshenko while Trump was president and basically saying, don't. Uh, accept any money from the Trump administration because they'll have to do an investigation and look into it. And uh, the IMF was also in bed with Privet Bank, uh, and that was Lagarde, that woman that uh, we played a clip from yesterday that was basically blaming inflation on climate change. 
Forget about the idea that inflation is really caused because they're crippling energy. It's insane. But let's take a listen to this guy. Zelensky and Hunter Biden have a great deal in common, and you should be aware of it. You see, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, well, the cokehead of Kiev, because he is a cokehead, the cokehead of Kiev is actually a manufactured political figure. He was manufactured by a Ukrainian Israeli Cypriot oligarch called Igor Kolomoisky. Now, Igor Kolomoisky was the man who owns OnePlus One Media here in Ukraine. And OnePlus One Media is the company that financed and produced the TV show Servant of the People. And Servant of the People hired Zelensky, a well-known actor in Ukraine, an actor with zero political experience or even any political interest. Well, they hired him to play the role of the president in this show Servant of the People. Now, Servant of the People had huge ratings, but a lot of people say that it was really weird the amount of propaganda and PR that was done for the show. It was disproportionate to any other show of any channel. The amount of PR, positive press, and all the rest of it, it was really pushed on the people. Some people say it was completely astroturf. Some people who know uh, how to speak Ukrainian and who have watched the show have told me that it's a mildly enjoyable show, but no big deal. But anyway, the show was hugely popular. And it ran from 2015 to 2018. And almost seamlessly, Kolomoisky, the oligarch, created a party called Servant of the People, same name as the TV show. And their candidate was Zelensky, a man with no previous political experience and indeed no previous political interest. And Kolomoisky financed Zelensky to the point that Zelensky today is a billionaire. How many actors do you know are billionaires? Hmm? I mean, I don't think that Tom Cruise is a billionaire and he's the most successful actor in the world. If he's just an actor. Hmm? Zelensky is more than just an actor. Hmm? He's the finger puppet of Kolomoisky. This oligarch. And do you know who Kolomoisky also financed to the tune of $50,000 a month, plus additional benefits of different sorts? Hunter Biden. Yes. In 2014, Burisma, the Ukrainian oil company, the gas company, excuse me, hired Hunter Biden to be on its board of directors to the tune of $50,000 a month. Who do you think controls Burisma? Kolomoisky the same guy who manufactured Zelensky as president of Ukraine. Yeah, I bet you didn't know that. Hmm? Well, we did know that, actually, um, but it's still worth hearing. That guy's name's Gonzala Lira, and he is Ukrainian. Um, listen to this uh, Greenpeace founder talking about... Um, the climate scam. Let's take a listen to this. This is kind of an interesting dialogue here. I can tell you one thing that explains why there went from $4 billion to $8 billion, for example. Why? It's called the Haber-Bosch process. It won two Nobel Prizes in the early 1900s. It was a formula, a, a technological uh, process involving very high heat and very high pressure, an extremely complicated process, which was able to combine nitrogen from the atmosphere 
with natural gas to make ammonia. That ammonia is the basis of all the nitrogen fertilizer being used in the world's agriculture today. It results in at least a doubling of crop production. And that is why we see this news today about Sri Lanka banning nitrogen fertilizer and Netherlands now basically banning much of the nitrogen fertilizer. And this is the biggest threat we have right now to an immediate starvation situation in the world. Food shortage. You hear it said... That's where I'm going. ...the odd time. Yeah. But the reason it's it's self-inflicted, this food shortage... Nitrogen, the air has, 70% of the air is nitrogen. We could take nitrogen out of the air for the next million years and make fertilizer because it all goes back into the air again eventually. Same with the carbon dioxide. If we double two more times, we got 32 billion people here. We can't have 32 billion people in, this, in, in, the, in the world. In other words, we won't double it to 32. If we can't have it, we won't go there because we you, can't get okay, there. Okay, so let's, let's speculate. Tell me what you mean by that. What I mean is today... People are getting wealthier. The number of people living in poverty as a percentage of the population is much smaller now than it was 20, 30, 50 years ago. When we reach a position where more and more people are going into poverty and starving to death, we will know we're coming close to that limit. How else are you going to find out unless you artificially reduce the population by cutting off the fossil fuels? And by cutting off the nitrogen fertilizer. That's what the real problem is today. This is, I'm t- saying this is a self-inflicted wound that we are dealing with right now. And it's a, it's a real problem because I, I, I can see this, that these powerful elites like Schwab and on down, they want control of the world. They want control of everybody. Now, what do they want? They want fewer people. They think it's already too many, I think. That's what they've been saying in the United Nations for a long time. But the facts don't bear that out because less and less people are living in poverty and our knowledge of agriculture is growing, our knowledge of genetics is growing, and we're able to grow way more food now than we were then. And food is the basis of how many people can be here. So that was Dr. Patrick Moore, the Greenpeace co-founder explains how unelected globalists, including Klaus Schwab and the United Nations, are using the climate scam as an excuse to cut off fossil fuels and nitrogen fertilizer in order to deliberately depopulate the planet. They're also using vaccines, if you listen to Bill Gates, and those mosquitoes for malaria. And uh, there's also something to be said about uh, uh, cancer. Um, It's on the rise in a lot of weird places. Some people think it's related to the, co- the, 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 the clot shot. Let's take a listen to this real quick. How many children or people are, are to like totally unvaccinated? Is that co- like, where, where do you find, is it just the uh, parents that stepped up and said, I would think that's a very small percentage because yeah, so many of us blindly followed, you know, uh, the recommendations to vaccinate children. Yeah. It's, uh, le- it's less than 1% of the public. So, uh, the Amish are a perfect example of a uh, large uh, group of people who are uh, largely unvaccinated. And there's no autism. We can't find an autistic kid who was unvaccinated. It's very, very rare in the Amish community. Very, very rare. You won't find kids with ADD, with autoimmune disease, with panda pans, with epilepsy. You just don't find any of these chronic diseases in the Amish. And, you know, the U.S. government has been studying the Amish for decades. But there's never been a report out to the public. 
the reason, of course, is it would, it would show that, oh, if you don't follow our guidelines, you're going to end up healthier. That's why there's no report after decades of studying the Amish. There's no report because the report would be devastating to the narrative. It would show that the CDC has been harming the public for decades and saying nothing and burying all the data. That's pretty powerful, that statement that we, you just heard there. And, uh, you know, there is another, uh, there's, there's another statement here. Let's just see. I mean, we're not electing our best, that's for sure. What does this guy here say? He says, are you invested in the United States? The stock market is rigged. That's what this guy says. Bidenomics. So Joe Biden put out this thing. It says Bidenomics. And now Bidenomics is about growing the economy from the middle out and bottom up, blah, blah, blah. So Oversight Committee puts out Bidenomics. Bidenomics. Bidenomics is when you and your family make millions from foreign nationals by providing what seems to be no services other than access and influence. It's a strategy that involves setting up over 20 shell companies and having Vice President Joe Biden as a family member. That's what that is. And we mentioned that uh, Ford is slashing 1,000 jobs. That's Bidenomics. We mentioned that uh, the their green energy proposition, 14,000 panels, 5.2 milliwatts community solar array in Nebraska was destroyed by hailstorms overnight. Uh, so they don't work. Um, and uh, Lordtown just uh, filed bankruptcy and sues Foxconn because they just can't make the electric vehicles effectively and affordably enough. Now, one of the things we're going to leave on the table for today and carry it over tomorrow is um, RFK Jr. had a uh, expo- symposium or Q&A with New News Nation, like a town hall. And that proved to be quite interesting. There was a lot of really great, great audio commentary coming out of that. Uh, one other quick clip here. Let's take a listen to this. What's the headline here? Stock market's rigged. The United States stock market, the most iconic market in, um, in global capitalism, is rigged. By whom? By a combination of the stock exchanges, uh, the big Wall Street banks, and high-frequency traders. Who are the victims? Everybody who has an investment in the stock market. <laughs> that was a guy from 60 Minutes. And we're not hiring our best. Let's take a... Well, I'm going to play, carry that clip over, too. This is uh, Fetterman and Joe Biden on the same stage. You you can just imagine that it was incoherent, uh, to say the least. Um, but uh, in any case, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out org to make a donation, if you can, to help us advance America First policies. To make America great again, use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye.